0: morning, Serve City Church. Welcome home. Oh my, what an amazing couple weeks we've been having in this series, Melodies from Heaven. And I can't wait to go on this week to talk more about the hymn that I'm going to talk about, which I grew up with. And the song I've chosen is Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. That's a song that I grew up as a kid that my dad played over and over again. And we sang it so many times, but there's something about hymns that make you wanna close your eyes and kinda throw your head back and just sing it from the depth of your soul. And so something about Franny Cosby is she passed me before her 95th birthday. Can you believe that? She made it to almost 95, but she was a blind poet. She was a prolific hymnist in the history of our time. You probably know many of her hymns that we sing today, Blessed Assurance, Give Me Jesus, Tenderly Jesus Calling, and so many more that we sing at many crusades if you're from church or even you hear on the radio. And so she was an amazing lyricist. When she was six weeks old, she got an infection in her eye and when her parents called the doctor to come over, the doctor put some mustard paste on her eye. And while it was inflamed, she ended up getting blind from the mustard paste. But what's so amazing is that did not stop her from using her God-given gift, which is writing music. And she's, she talks about her condition. She's saying that if she ever was given the opportunity to get her sight back, to see all the amazing things in the world that she would never take it because she probably might have not sung the hymns that she'd written. She also said if she ever got the opportunity to get her sight back that she wouldn't because she wants the first person she sees after she gets her sight in heaven is Jesus her Savior. What a powerful thing. I was so taken by that. The one line out of the hymn that got me was, hear my humble cry. There's something about crying. There's power in crying out and humbleness in our voices when we cry desperately to Jesus. So this morning, I'm going to talk about another blind person in the Bible and that's, we're going to go to the book of Mark. But Before we go there, let's take a moment and pray. God, I thank you for this moment, God. I pray that you will calm my nerves, God. I pray that I will hide behind your cross, God. I pray that some will be impacted by this word today, God. I pray that we'll lean all the way in this morning, God. I pray that you will just change hearts, prepare hearts for the word this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, join me at the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 46. And Mark says, And they came to Jericho, as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and a great crowd Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, see, cry out, and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus, 51. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. And I want to start here. They're on the way from Jericho to Jerusalem. And he's blind, he can't see, but he can hear something. He hears the voices of people mumbling and he recognizes it's Jesus. What are you hearing in your quiet time? Are you hearing in your quiet time, quiet or are you hearing the voice of God? Or when you're out with your friends, what are your conversations like? What are you hearing? What are you listening to? And it starts there that he hears something and he starts to cry out. Let's read in verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. When is the last time you cried out to God? When is the last time you asked God for something? When is the last time you had that desperate need of Jesus to do something in your life? And what's so amazing about this? When he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's amazing because he recognizes something here. He recognizes that, jesus is the messiah son of david means the messiah it's his messianic title means the anointed one he knew that the messiah could do something for him because as he knew in isaiah 29 18 it says and out the gloom and the darkness the eyes of blind shall see also isaiah 35 5 says then the eyes of blind shall be open and the, the ears of the deaf unstopped so he knew he had the confidence in the Messiah that he had all power to heal him when you think about crying out what do you think about it said the average child cries about two hours a day what is your frequency of crying out to the Lord how often do you actually cry out for the Lord to do something for you or whatever on your heart or what you're praying for I think about when, I'm, you know, when I had small children and there might be a room full of kids. There was something about the cry of my child that I can distinguish from any other children. No matter where you are, God can hear your cry. He knows your voice. He knows what's on your heart. And so think about that. When we prepare for prayer this week and fasting, take a moment, think, where can I cry out to God? Verse 49 said, and Jesus stopped. So here we have Bartimaeus, he hears rumblings that Jesus is coming. Then we hear him, he's like, they're like, they start rebuking him because he starts crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they try to quiet him down. But then Jesus stops. We have a savior that stops for you. He hears you, no matter who can be in the room. That's what's amazing about this, probably thousands of people following Jesus, but he stops by the cry. How many times that we don't, we keep on going, we don't realize that God wants to stop to hear your voice because he cares about you. And it says, call him. And then what's amazing about the word, what it says, call him, in the Bible, it's actually in red. And what it means when it's in red, that means that Jesus actually said it. And so Bartimaeus is crying out and he says, son of David, have mercy on me. But then Jesus stops by his crying. And then after, what's amazing, it says in verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. And and he throws his cloak cloak off, he sprang up and came to Jesus. What's amazing is your cry can be an invitation to Jesus to come in. It also says in verse 51, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight what's so amazing about this is rabbi means teacher and that question right there or that request rabbi recover my sight i think that's something that we all can ask especially this week when we're praying and believing what do you need god to recover in your life what do you need him to give revelation to what do you need to change in your finances like lord i don't know how i'm going to make it i have more months than money I don't know what to do, but you need uh, to recover your sight. You need God to change what things are doing in your life. And so I think about my prayer for you as a church. My prayer is that this week that you'll lean all the way in. That you'll ask God the hard questions that you've been desiring to ask or you don't have the, the confidence to ask him. Ask him to change your perspective. God, I pray that you will recover their sight of what pornography really looks like. Ask God to change what your, what rest looks like. You know, some of us don't know how to rest. We are workaholics. But I pray that God will give you revelation, disclose supernatural things that you've never seen before. When you go walking, you will see God in the nature. Recover your sight. Many of us are blind and God specializes in giving sight to blindness. We might not be physically blind, but in our mind, we might be blind to things that we don't even know that God's doing in our lives. Yeah, we might be in a pandemic, but God is doing some amazing things in the pandemic. But sometimes we don't see it because we keep going too fast. We are busy bodies and we need to take a moment to pause reflect what is God's doing? What is God doing in my life? And so I pray that God will recover things, your sight in this season, especially the next seven days. I'm asking and believing on your behalf and we have a prayer team. We're believing that God will consecrate your week. We're believing that businesses will be birthed out. We are believing that people will rest that are tired. We are believing for babies to be birthed, conceived. We are believing for health, And wealth I don't know what you need but my prayer this week I'm believing your sight will be recovered like blind Bartimaeus and here in the 52 it says and Jesus said to him go go your way your faith has made you well and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him all the way after God recovers your sight remember you need to be obedient crying out to him after doing all those things it means nothing if you don't take him at his word and blind Bartimaeus knew that after Jesus healed him that he had to go and he went along with him along the way so my prayer is that you will be obedient and obedience is the act of love and respect there's something when we obey God moves in our obedience, not just in our sacrifice. Because a lot of times we want to sacrifice our time. Yeah, I sacrificed my time all week. I gave up um, food. I gave up Instagram. I gave up Facebook. I gave up whatever you're giving up fasting is not the same as obedience. You do not want to make your week in vain without following through what God is speaking to you. And I think about it. A lot of times people feel guilty. I hope this week that you're gonna be in your word, but think, I wanna say this to somebody out there. Do not feel guilty that you haven't been in your Bible, and your word. You shouldn't feel guilty, you should feel hungry. You should be hungry if you haven't been in God's word in a long time. Maybe the pain that you're feeling is a, the hunger pains of not being in God's word. Maybe the things that you're distorted or you're overwhelmed is because you have not been in God's word. Do not feel guilty. Jesus is still where he's been in that dusty book or the app that you have not opened in weeks. He cannot wait to speak to you. He cannot wait to recover your sight. Pick up your Bible. Open up your Bible app because he is waiting. He is there where you left him. He has promises. He has things that he wants to do for you. He has things that he wants to speak to you. There's something intimate when you get in God's word. And I pray that you take a moment this week, not only that, not only read what God is saying in his word, but record. There's power but putting pen and paper where God is speaking so you can remember there's something to go back to God's resume sometimes we got to remember what God has done in our past. We pull out his resume. Oh, yes, God, you came through on that house when I thought I was going to lose the house. Oh, God, you came through when I thought I was hungry. I was never going to be have food. God, I, we were praying for a child for many, many years when you opened up our room. Oh, God, you know, I didn't think I was going to get out of this um, abusive relationship, but you came, brought me through. God, I was a single mother. I didn't know how I was going to provide, but you came through. God has a resume. You need to record what he's doing because our minds forget so easily. And there's something powerful when we can open up an old journal, an old book of all the things that God has done. And that's something that can be passed down to your children to see. look, man, my mom was a praying mother even though she had hard times that she's prayed and god did something in her life and so i encourage you to record what god is saying to you today even if it's a one-liner even if it's saying god thank you for waking me up this morning god thank you for providing this job even though it annoys me at times or my coworkers." this is also time to record your prayers the cries of your heart what you're believing god to do doesn't mean that that it's all going to come to pass but you're crying out to the Lord and believing have confidence just like blind barman that that the son of David can do and he will move with compassion have mercy on your situation we have a God that moves with compassion and he'll do anything for his children if he thinks it's best for you he does not withhold good gifts from you I want you to think about and reflect over the things I want you to What are you hearing when you're with the Lord in your prayer time? Or are you even praying? Let's start there. Pastor, I haven't been praying. Well, let's start there. Take a moment and pray this week. Even if it's for five minutes. Hear what God is saying. Also, think about what you're watching this week. Then think about your frequency of your cry. What are you crying out when you are praying to God? What are you asking him? Is it a cry of pride? A cry of complaining? A cry of... Um, I don't really care what God's really saying because I don't want to hear him. What is the cry? Evaluate your cry to God. I pray that it will bring you to a place of desperation, that you are believing God to do something great for you. And it's not just for the next seven days. I'm believing that you will carry this out for the rest of your life. We need to have a cry to God like never before daily. Not only that, I really believe that when you start crying to God, he will stop like blind, barred He stopped from no matter where he was in the crowd, he stopped for one, for him. And he will stop for you. You, Even if you're in your car crying, calling out to God, or even if you're at the work in your bathroom, crying out to God, or even if you're mumbling at your desk or wherever you are, I believe that Jesus will stop for you and hear your cry. Not only that, when you cry out, I believe God's gonna invite you to a place of intimacy with him. He called him, he called him all the way to see him so he could do something in his life. Not only that, when you have the opportunity to be in the presence of God, you can ask him anything. He asked him, what would you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I believe that our sight can be recovered, things that we don't have um, answers to, but there's something supernatural God does with the spirit when we're in that place with him. And lastly, we gotta go when Jesus recovers your sight, go and be obedient. What is God saying for you? What do you already know? A lot of times we don't even need new revelation. We need to go back to the old revelation that God gave us six months ago, last week, a year ago. It's the same thing a lot of times that we're still not being obedient. I always say, delayed obedience is still disobedience. What have you been delaying and God's already spoken to you many, many times over? Do you need to spend more time with them? Do you need to close the book? You're dealing with pornography or you're dealing with anger issues or dealing with pride. What has God been telling you? What's the word? Be obedient. And I really believe that God can do amazing things in your life. And so even though you can be blind in an area of your life, I truly believe that God can give you sight. Some of you might be saying, well, Fanny Crosby did not get her sight back. She might not got her sight back, but God still gave her godly perspective. Even though she did not physically see, she can see in a different way. She was still able to write the hymns. And I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know, maybe your situation might not change, but maybe your perspective on the situation might change. And that's the power of God, what he can do in all of our lives. What's hindering you from crying out to God? Is it your pride that you're scared of what people are going to say about you? Just like, or people are rebuking you because you're too loud or you don't even open your mouth. What is hindering you from crying out to God? A lot of times, I know for me sometimes, it's like, oh, I don't want my people to see me crying out to God. I don't want people to see my tears when I'm in church or even in my home. But sometimes we have to let it go. Who cares who's watching? Bartimaeus did not care the thousands were watching him. He wanted to go to get his healing. He had confidence in the Messiah can do something. And so is your cry just full of insecurity or fear? Just take one step closer to Christ and get the confidence. Just get the mustard seed of faith that I always talk about. And ask God to come into your life and give you the voice He'll hear you, and whatever you're crying out to the Lord for, or believing for, there's something with the power of your cry that God wants to do in you, through you, and with you.